Hello and welcome to Fight Picks with the Pros. My name is Garrett Marchesano and today we're going to talk about two fights on the upcoming UFC 257 pay-per-view featuring Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in the main event. Today I'm joined by the legend, veteran voice of the octagon, my friend Bruce Buffer. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing great, Garrett. Thanks again. It's a pleasure being on. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> To it, we'll bring up the first fight. We have Dan the Hangman Hooker, who's coming in as a minus uh, minus 132 favorite against Michael Iron Chandler, coming in as the plus 108 underdog, according to FanDuel. So this is going to be a great matchup, lightweight matchup. Habib's watching this matchup as well. Um, and the big storyline to this is a long-awaited premiere of Michael Chandler coming over from Bellator, former champion. A lot of people in the media are saying, can he hang with these top lightweight fighters? Is he going to hang around and stay in that top 10? He has a chance to prove himself right, right away against the top contender and Dan Hooker. So we'll start it off. What do you think about Michael Chandler? I know you got an opportunity to chat with him on your podcast. And what's been your impression of him? Well, I did have the opportunity to chat with him on my podcast. And also I had the opportunity to spend time with him personally when I saw him at a fight, uh, breaking a little bread. I even sent him a bottle of my puncher's chance uh, bourbon because uh, he's, you know, it's a nice whiskey drinker when he's not training. Yeah. He's a very cool cat. He's incredible shape. He's one of these fighters that's in shape 365 days a year. You could call this guy and tell him he's got to be in the octagon in five days. He's one of those guys that'll be that way, you know, like a Donald Cerrone and many others that we know. He's a high, high level Fantastic wrestler, which is his key, similar to Habib Nurmagomedov when you think about it. Yeah. And when you look at this with Dan Hooker and the way he fights, it's almost like looking at Habib and Conor McGregor, okay? You've got the striker, the kicker, the well-rounded mixed martial artist fighting Michael Chandler, whose base is wrestling, which, as many will agree, even since Randy Couture proved it, that is probably, aside from jiu-jitsu being maybe the second best base, wrestling probably has proven to be the strongest base for MMA to, to grow from. And... Um, Chandler being a champion in Bellator and people are saying, well, can he hang with the fighters in the UFC? This is MMA. Okay. And in MMA, that means these fighters either get signed by UFC or they get signed by Bellator. It doesn't mean that Bellator is a notch down, right? Even though Bellator is catching UFC fighters falling out of the octagon and putting them into Bellator. Yeah. Right. But you have fighters in Bellator that want to go to UFC. Why? Because every MMA fighter pro ultimate goal is to be in the octagon. I firmly believe that. Not because I'm there. Again, I'll say it. I always say the show's not about me. But to say I fought in the UFC because when people talk MMA, they go, oh, you mean UFC? Like, no, it's not tissue. It's Kleenex. No, it's not Kleenex. It's tissue. No, it's not a copier. It's a Xerox, right? They don't say it's a yeah. pity, but it's think UFC. So the ultimate goal is to be in the show, the big show, okay? And with all respect to Bellator. Michael proved himself there against top-notch opponents. So is he on a proving ground? No. He's on a UFC proving ground. Because the octagon is, the, as I coined the phrase years ago, is the ultimate proving ground for champions, for fighters. And that's what he's here to do. His attitude, his focus, um, his age, he's in his prime. He's a formidable opponent. Now, he's, what do you say, plus 108? Yeah, and this, he is he is a plus 108 underdog coming into the fight. Okay, that's not really an underdog. That's an even match. And, you know, they set the tone, and if that changes, you know why that number changes with the bookies? It changes because it's where the money's going, okay? Yep. But initially, they're basically considered even. 
Dan Hooker is one of my favorite fighters. Great guy to watch fight. Um, cool guy himself. Both cool guys. And I mean, I, in my 25 years in MMA, I've probably met five a-holes. And don't ask me to, to say who they are, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a great low, low, low thing. I mean, these are, I, I love the mixed martial arts. I mean, the way we, the way we train, the way we fight. Um, I say that because I've been in martial arts since I was 12 and all the styles I've, I've been involved in. But this is a very entertaining fight because you have two people with differential styles who are true mixed martial artists. One guy wanting to prove, another guy who has proved, who's the number six ranked uh, lightweight fighter in the UFC in the world. It's a main event fight. It's the co-main event to the incredible main event we have coming up. Exactly. It's a great event. And, you know, Michael Chandler is 21 and five. Dan Hooker on their side, he's 20 and nine. Um, they're both coming off, you know, Dan Hooker's coming off a loss to Dustin Poirier, but he has the chance here, co-main event with Conor McGregor. We know what it brings. It brings a, a tremendous amount of spotlight. You know, there's going to be millions of eyes on this fight. And Habib threw even more pressure on him, saying he's not excluding that co-main to be the possible next opponent for him. Meaning if Dan Hooker comes out there and let's say he knocks out Michael Chandler in the first round or Michael Chandler puts on a great performance and submits Dan Hooker in some spectacular way, an arm bar chokes him out or knocks him out, he may have the opportunity to then go up and match up against Habib uh, maybe in the next five months. Now, Michael Chandler came into the UFC and made a strong statement saying, I guarantee that I'm going to be the lightweight champion within 18 months. So that tells me that two to three fights, he expects to be fighting for a title and he expects to win it. So do you think Michael Chandler can make that run? If he beats Dan Hooker, I think he has to get another win under his belt, a top five opponent. Then he could be fighting for a belt just like that. He's right in the mix. 18-month timeline. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there are people in line for the championship fight that deserve it that have been in the UFC longer. So this is just because he made that statement shows you what kind of guy he is. He respects it. Now, Connor came in, and this was his first fight. He would say his next fight's for the championship. Yeah. Okay, Michael Chandler, and, and, you know, that's what Connor is. Michael Chandler's looking at this in a very realistic, with respect to the other fighters in the UFC, knowing that even though he has a pedigree and proving ground, he's already done in Bellator in his past fights. But it's like, hey, this is my first fight in the UFC. I do well here. I fight again, 18 months. 18 months for the average fighter, active fighter in the UFC is probably in the area of three to four fights, right? Unless you're a Vince Pru who fights 25 times a year. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, I think it's a very realistic viewpoint. And when you realize that he's, his pedigree, how realistic he is, the shape he's in, the time I've had to spend with him, he's a cerebral fighter. He's realistic. So I respect that, appreciate it. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Again, similar to what I may describe the Poirier-McGregor fight, Hooker wants to keep his distance. He doesn't want to go in on the ground with Michael Chandler, I'm sure. He wants to strike, wear him down, and you know do what he has to do over three rounds. Chandler, striking, he's powerful, all that. You know, he wants to take him down. He wants to get him on the ground. So this is, this is mixed martial arts. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. These are both, you know, I've watched a lot of these guys' interviews. And sometimes, you, you know, you have the trash talker and you have the respectful guy. Or you have two trash talkers and it makes for, you know, some good pre-fight antics. Or you have what I see here, two respectful, humble guys. Dan Hooker, nothing but nice things to say about Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, on the other side, so much respect. So it's just... It's a beautiful thing to see. Sometimes you like to see just the respect for mixed martial arts. And as you say, Bruce, may the best man win. That's kind of their mentality. Hey, I respect what you bring to the table. I like what you bring to the table. Hey, may the best man win. Uh, they both think they're going to win, and, and kudos to them. 
if I have to give my official FanDuel prediction, I think Michael Chandler is, is running with a lot of momentum from his team, even though this is his first fight in the UFC. He's extremely motivated and dedicated. He has laser focus on this path to fight for a championship within the UFC. He, he said multiple times he's always admired the UFC from afar and always visualized being in the UFC one day. And here he is. He gets his chance in the prime of his career. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And I think we're going to see sparks fly first, second round. But I'm going to predict a finish uh, for Michael Chandler in the third round by submission. That's going to be my official FanDuel prediction. It's a very realistic prediction. You know, it's a very realistic prediction. <clears throat> And we'll see what happens. I, again, may the best man win. That's how I am. Um, the thing is, in mixed martial arts, there's never a definitive way to say that this person's going to win. Okay? I have seen so many fights, whether it's going back to Randy Couture fighting Tim Sylvia at an 8-1 to underdog, putting Tim on his ass within the first 30 minutes, winning the belt back. Okay? Whether it's Ronda Rousey fighting Holly Holm, coming out of 20-1, to I don't bet fights. But I told my friends, and I was tempted to put like, you know, five grand or something on that fight because it was, it was incredible. And I know Holly from her past, right? I knew that Rhonda was nowhere near the striker that Holly is, even though her Edmund was telling her what a great striker she is. With all respect to Rhonda, she's a beast. She made women's MMA, put it on the map. I, incredible. I love Rhonda. I love everything she did. I, I wasn't putting her down when I said that. But fighters have strengths and weaknesses. And in the octagon, it's like football. Anybody can win on any given night, just like on any Sunday, anybody can win in the NFL. There's no guarantees. I mean, we're talking in boxing, you have two weapons, Marcus Queensbury rules. We have over 40 in, in the octagon as mixed martial artists. So respect the fighter, as they say, and may the best man win. And it's going to be a war. These two, these, these are two warriors. These are true warriors. Michael's about to prove himself to be an octagon warrior, right? Dan already has. Yes. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a brawl for it all. I agree. And I completely agree with you just said, you know, every week I give my FanDuel lock of the week, the fight that I think is a for sure fight, a for sure win. This just shows you last week, my for sure was Joaquin Buckley. And I called Joaquin's going to win via first round KO. And that was my lock. And it was uh, a first round KO. Yeah. And so <laughs> it started picking up some views on FanDuel's social page. So I had to drop a comment and said, Hey, I did call first round KO. It was just for the, for the other side on that one. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and like yourself, and I'm sure like a lot of people, we all have our favorite fighters and fans, and the the, the trail getting to Joaquin that he was on, and is, is still on, okay? Anybody can get knocked out, okay? Um, the trail that he was on was one of, oh, my God, he just came off probably the greatest KO we've ever seen ever, yes. highlight reel forever, and just dominating, and that just goes to show what I said. Anything can happen on any given day. Did it ruin his career? No. No, because other than Habib Nurmagomedov, I said it you know, before, I don't think you're ever going to see an undefeated fighter ever in MMA or especially in the UFC. Habib is like the only one I know that's on his way to being that, yes. right? Yes. Brandon, there's others that are 8 no, 10 and no. Yeah, it's, it's a long trail. It's a long trail. Yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. And the last thing we'll talk before we move on to the main event of the evening, uh, I thought it was hilarious. Dan Hooker, they asked him about the press conference because, of course, they're totally switching this up. I, I've been able to attend the last couple of press conferences and, and they're in a small room and it's, you know, a scrum with Dana White and the fighters come out and, and there's about 15 to 20 media personnel and then the UFC staff. Well, they're moving this, pro this conference 
to the stadium. And now they're allowing audience members because this is the Conor McGregor press conference, okay? And they're interviewing more UFC staff. They said they expect the media members to double. Um, there's going to be an audience. And so they asked Dan Hooker, how do you feel about that, that your press conference is going to be on this whole new level because Conor McGregor is there? And he said, to be honest, I'm a little worried. I just want to stay out of Conor McGregor's way. I don't want to be the next who the fuck is that guy. I, want to, I don't want to be turned into a meme by Conor. And uh, so I'll let Conor do his thing. I know nine out of 10 questions are going to him and I don't want him to talk to me. And so if I don't have to interact with Conor, that, that's a good thing. And I thought that was a little funny. And he said it kind of in a jokey manner because that's what Conor does. He's, he's brilliant with those one-liners and he'll, he'll turn you into a meme just like that if you, if you try to talk back to him. So that was funny. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never, you know, the old story. And yes, that's going to fall into Connor's thing, but we still have yet to see what Connor McGregor we are going to see. Yeah. And we'll find out, we'll find out when the conference happens. And um, I don't think, as we touched on at another time, I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see potentially more respect of Connor McGregor, uh, yet still a potential and trash talking Conor McGregor, but maybe in a little more of a refined way to still sell the fight, but to be better for his image. But at any given time, he can fall into what the fuck, okay? <laughs> at, any given, at any given time. And everybody's going to laugh and everybody's going to have a good time. But I totally understand where Dan's coming from. And it's like, why do I want my mental attitude screwed up before I step in the octagon to do what I have to do for my task at hand right now, which is fight Michael Chandler. I don't want to deal with Conor. I want to deal with Michael Chandler. If I get a chance to deal with Conor McGregor, it's because I got signed and I'm going to fight Conor McGregor. Yeah. Or I'm going to try and say I want to fight him. Right now, his eye is on the prize, as it should be, and just focus on what his task at hand is. So he's got a great attitude. Yep, exactly. Yep, kudos to them. I can't wait for that fight. So we'll move on now. Now we'll review the main event of the evening. So this is Conor, the notorious McGregor, coming in as the minus 310 favorite, Bruce, versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. He's coming in as a plus 240 underdog, according to FanDuel. So, of course, you know, the winner of this fight most likely will face Habib in a rematch for the lightweight strap. So, a lot on the line. Conor McGregor is 22-4. and four. He has 19 KOs. We all know he's a KO artist. 19 of his 22 wins are by knockout. And majority of them are in the very first round. So, you know that heavy left hand's coming early. Dustin Poirier, 26-6, 12 KOs, 7 subs. And look at these last wins, Bruce. This is just incredible. Dan Hooker, he beat Eddie Alvarez, uh, TKO. Justin Gaethje, TKO. Max Holloway, who we just saw put on an incredible performance, win. So he's not just, you know, the lightweight division is one of the strongest divisions in all of UFC. And Dustin Poirier has beaten everyone except one of the all-time goats. He does have a loss against Habib. Other than that, he's been running through these guys. So I feel like Dustin's being overlooked a little bit. You know, these odds, minus 310 favorite for Connor. I get it. You know, he's got that power. Let's start with Connor. What do you think? I know we've been talking about him a lot. His mentality coming in this fight. He shows up on a yacht. He's got all the press like never before. You know, 38 million Instagram followers. His hype just seems to build, 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 build. Um, so on Connor's side, his mentality coming into this fight, uh, how, do you, how do you see it for him? Well, Let's, let's step back a second before I describe the fight and let's talk about Dustin as history and Connor's history. And let's talk about the, dual, the fan duel uh, minus 310 factor, okay? I do not bet fights, obviously, because it's, I can if I want. Nobody said I can't. 
but there's two reasons I don't. The main reason is if I'm announcing that fight, there's no way I'm going to bet that fight because I'm in there to give each person every bit of ounce of energy and monk power and passion I have to enhance that moment for them at that given moment. The other thing is I never, whether it's boxing or otherwise, have been excited because anybody can win on any given day, as I've said before, where you bet $1,000 to win 333 or 350 that, or, you know, a hundred to win $35 yeah. or, and the potential of losing the thousand or the hundred that doesn't excite me. No. What excites me if I'm going to bet is that I can bet a hundred dollars and win 300 and what was it? What was it? 310 and win $310. Yep. Okay. That's exciting. So if you were to ask me if you're going to make a bet, I think the wise bet is to put it on Dustin. Now, why is that? Because again, anybody can win on any given day. Yes, Connor is the favorite. Yes, he has a powerful punch. Yes, he can knock him out. But in this, what is the over-under round-wise? What is the over-under round pick? Uh, I don't have that. I just have it's minus 310 for Connor, plus 240 on Dustin. I'm going to guess the over-under is probably two and a half rounds. So, or two rounds. Somewhere in the middle of the fight. I don't think it's going to be three or four, four rounds. So... The pick with me would be the over on the rounds because and the and Dustin, if you're gonna do it, only for reasons of the better for your buck bet that you're gonna get. Okay. Because if, if Dustin's gonna win, in my opinion, on paper, is because he's taking Connor into that second half of the fight. Connor has shown in the past, as incredible as he is, as strong as he is, as an amazing fighter that he is, that he can guess or get close to it. Yes. You know, and that gives a man like Dustin, who is nothing but a gas tank personified, right? He seems to bring it on in the later rounds and everything, as you said before. Um, he doesn't tire, and he's in. He's ready to have a toe-to-toe, bloody brawl. Okay, if it goes past two and a half rounds, then you're going to see an advantage go to Dustin. And I granted, if Fanduel made a prediction at the two and a half round, like you have live football bets watching the game, it would not be three ten at that point. It would probably yeah. be down around one fifty. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the good bets. Oh, go ahead, Bruce. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say you make a good point because you know a lot of times with Fanduel you can go uh, round and method of victory. So I like Conor McGregor via first round first round KO, or I like Dustin Poirier by you know third fourth round TKO, or maybe via decision. So there's two different ways to go. I wouldn't call Dustin via early stoppage or Conor by decision. You know, I'd go first round Connor via TKO or maybe Dustin in the later rounds. I think that's where the good money lies. I agree with you. And the other thing about Dustin is see with Connor, Connor's hand, eye when he wants to hit something, he hits it. Okay. His, his right leg, his left leg, his left hand. Okay. We all know that Dustin, in my opinion, needs to take advantage of the uh, 30 was a 32 foot octagon proper movement. Don't get back against the cage. Keep it in the middle of the octagon, moving and moving and moving and practice his distance. I mean, establish his distance so that with a simple move, he can get out of the way and then counter punch, right? Where Connor's power is counter punching. So we've got to get that thing down. So it's a matter of when to be offensive or defensive as it is always in fighting as well as life and really have a smart game plan here. And then if it does go past two and a half rounds, Dustin does have the ability, is very good on the ground, okay? And, yes. and by most standards, Connor, you know, Connor can ground fight. He's a true mixed martial artist, but he hasn't proven uh, in his fights yet by winning on the ground. He loses on the ground. And that's probably what Dustin wants to do, try to wear him down, wear him down with punches and kicks if he can, if he can, and then get him on the ground and establish his ground game and take Connor, you know, just start with, like Habib did, like yeah. Habib did. 
I agree. That would be a great game, game plan. Dustin does have seven submission, submission wins in his career. Connor only has one. Not to say that Dustin's a better ground game or Brazilian jiu-jitsu than Connor, but proof's in the pudding that he's got those finishes. So for you, Bruce, hypothetically, if Dustin has to find a way to win this, for all the FanDuel betters out there that are going to be watching this video, what, you know, you kind of gave it, you gave it a little bit here, you know, bet the over, the over two and a half rounds for Dustin. What does Dustin have to do to win this fight? And then, you know, without giving a, a full prediction for Dustin, you know, how is it most likely to end up if he does get that, get that win? Survive the first two rounds without getting knocked down, you know, without getting knocked out, right? This isn't boxing. You get knocked down and get 10 seconds to get back up again. Yeah. Survive the first two rounds, establish his distance, right? Pepper Connor whenever he can, establish his punches, establish his kicks, right? Establish his defense and take it into the later rounds where his gas picks up. Connor's, unless there's, you know, a change here, but Connor looks like he's put on a lot of muscle. He looks stronger. And that's a question. How does that affect his cardio? Okay. So with that being said, um, cause muscles don't win fights. Okay. Tactics, skill and technique wins fights, power wins fights, obviously. So, Take Connor into the late rounds, get him into the th third and fourth round, and then establish it and win the fight by submission is what I see. Okay, not I like what I see. Not what I see. I'm being theoretical on paper because I'm all about may the best man win. Yes. Okay. And oh, now we're going to go with you on the, on the other side. So you just gave kind of the advice for Dustin, how the possibility of it playing out for him to get the W. Now on Connor's side, if you were to give Connor advice on how he can game plan it to get, to get the win, what, what would be your opinion? It's very obvious. He said it. 60-second KO, a Jose Aldo, a Cowboy Cerrone. I don't see him shoulder-punching Poirier. I don't see Poirier wanting to get in a clinch with Connor in the beginning. Um, I see, again, he's got to establish this. Connor gets in there, establishes that leg kick, uh, that left hand of his, which is like a friggin', you know, hammer, right? Um, and take him out in the first round, second round. That's an assured, for, that's an assured advantage for Connor. You know, Connor's a beast and the beast is back. And uh, even though he hasn't fought in a while, I'm sure if you can be hungry with a couple hundred million in your pocket, Connor's hungry. He's, he, he shows it. So, and, but Dustin's, Dustin's hungry too. This, this fight means so much to his family and his life and his future financially and otherwise. Right. Oh, but the good thing it, it is, but you know, the beautiful thing here is, and the, and the one thing I'll, I'll praise Connor on as, as I praise him on many things is he has all the money in the world for 10 lifetimes, right? Unless he's stupid and does something dumb, okay? Which I've seen happen many, many times, not just with Mike Tyson, okay? And I don't wish that on him. I'm not saying that. But to have that kind of money, to have that kind of security, and still willing to train and fight and come into the biggest, most popular fighting arena in the world, and basically when I'm finished announcing and that gate closes and the, and the bell goes up, not the bell, but the referee says, to, you know, start the fight, well, it's just like it was when I met him when we first went to Dublin many years ago when he was 19 or 20 and this kid came up to me, he wasn't in the UFC, he had no beard and he, he looked me in the eye and he said, my name is Conor McGregor. He said, Bruce, you know, da -da. he goes, my name is Conor McGregor. I'm going to be champion someday. Remember my name, right? Wow. I thought, oh, great. Like I hadn't heard that from others, but there was something in his eyes, right? In his way he said that to me. And then when he first walked in the octagon and I remembered when I met this kid, a few years ago or whatever it was in Dublin that just came up at the, at the railing to say hi to me. And I thought, 
okay, this is what it takes. This kind of intestinal fortitude and vision and goal-oriented and, and dream. And I will praise Connor on the fact that he is establishing that right now. He doesn't have to fight. There's no reason for him to fight. Yeah. He can sit back and watch, you know, do whatever he wants. That's a great story. So a great if story. you can have hunger like that at this level where he's at, it's a dangerous fighter. Okay, I like it. Okay, so as we get close to wrap things up here, I'm going to give my official FanDuel fight pick. But before I do, Bruce, I want you to set it up for me. I want you to give me the, the FanDuel main event pick of the evening. Set it up for me. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the FanDuel moment of the evening. All right. Now, I am going to put my official FanDuel pick. I am going with Conor McGregor, second round, KO. That's my pick. Book it. And that is my FanDuel main event pick of the week. <laughs> there you go. All and right. I'll go, here's my pick. May the best man win, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, love it. No one could get mad at you, Bruce. You, you're you're uh, giving kudos to both guys. I absolutely love it. So that's what we'll wrap. I'll put all your links in the bio. Thanks, everybody, for watching Fight Picks with the Pros. This time we are joined by the legend, Bruce Buffer. We'll see you next time.